verse 5, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is the Spirit. Do not marvel what I said to you. You must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear Wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. All right. One of you guys want to jump on that one first? Well, right away, what stuck out to me is, like, verse 7, how he says it again. So, like, Jesus said it twice within a matter of uh, three verses. <laughs> um, so I'd say that's pretty important. I mean, if it's in the Bible once, it's very important. If if it's being repeated, I don't know. It, that's just very, very important. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I, I've always really liked verse eight because... Uh, it's just like when you're born again, it's just so true. Like you just, you can't explain it. <laughs> like you just like how it says, like you can't explain or you can't tell where, where you're just like, well, like what just happened to me? <laughs> it's just so supernatural that like you just can't explain it using human words. I feel like it's crazy, but I love it. That's how God works. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I love that verse. <laughs> Too. it's like my one of my favorite ones in there because it's so true there's something uh when i was in ministry school uh michael Kulianis used to always say when you leave this room like i want the lord to touch you in a way that when you leave the only words you have is i met him and and how true that is is like i feel like when you really get saved you literally have no words other than man i don't know what happened but i met him i just met you I feel like that's what that verse is kind of saying. You don't really know what the heck happened, but it happened. And praise God that it did. <laughs> praise God. <laughs> and that's um, just kind of tying back to what we've already talked about a little bit as far as uh, spiritual rebirth and um, even a second life after this one. The uh, verse 6 where he says, That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Um, especially looking at it in the context of everyone who is not a believer is spiritually dead. So they don't have the possibility of, I don't know how to say it, um, spiritual life after a physical death. Like physical death is it, and then their spiritual death is i mean they are away from god forever um so i think that again i think jesus is trying to lay it out um in a way that he knows nicodemus is is going to maybe not understand in the moment but i think too you know jesus he knows he knows who nicodemus is he knows what he needs to say in order to get through to him um we talked about that actually um the last one we did at the end of chapter two uh jesus knows what is in a man and that leads i think well into nicodemus um 
Like I said, Jesus knows who he is, knows what he needs to say, knows that he's not coming at Jesus in the same way that the other Pharisees are, where they are demanding a sign and, and things like that because they're trying to entrap Jesus. They're trying to, they, they have nefarious intentions. Um, whereas Nicodemus is earnestly seeking the truth. Um, you know, he even says that they know he comes from God because he couldn't be doing these miracles unless he came from God. Um, he calls Jesus rabbi at the beginning, which is, you do not do like it's it's a sign of respect um and so i think jesus understands nicodemus's heart knows what he's actually trying to get at and so he is telling nicodemus and he's laying it out in a way that uh, nicodemus does eventually pick up on um and i mean it's it's <clears throat> it's awesome to see too that and knowing uh how he can he can and does do the same for for us today um you know there may be a, a scripture that really speaks to to me that doesn't speak to to you guys or vice versa or there could be something that um i see or somebody says to me or something like that that speaks to me in a way that doesn't to somebody else um it's it's very uh very personal very um intimate relationship but uh yeah tiffany you got anything nope either of you got anything else oh okay we will go on to verse nine so nicodemus said to him how can these things be jesus answered him are you the teacher of israel and yet you do not understand these things. Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. All right, that's where we'll stop right now. Um, so I think uh, I like seeing when Jesus ties back to the Old Testament. Um, you know, I did... I've preached a sermon on this before and I know I made this comment when I preached on it, but I don't know if I did when I did the video series on it. Um, but the, the whole idea of how we know the Bible is true and really our basis for building up evidence that the Bible is true and reliable is really primarily building up evidence that the new Testament is true and reliable. And then from there, you can go back to the Old Testament. And the reason you can go back to the Old Testament is because if the New Testament is real and true, and Jesus is who he says he is, then you can trust what he says. Um, I made the comment, like I said, when I preached this, basically if someone predicts their own death and resurrection and pulls it off, go with whatever they say. Just hands down, <laughs> do it. Um, but, uh, you know, Jesus, 
here he goes back to Moses. Um, <clears throat> he does go back to uh, uh, Jonah at times, um, some of the other prophets and, and things like that. So I like seeing the interconnectedness of the scripture, not just the Old Testament pointing to Jesus, but Jesus affirming the Old Testament as well. Uh, <clears throat> and I like that Jesus throwing out here. It's, it's clear, and there are people that, that disagree on this, that have issues with this. Um, these are people that I would consider outside of Christian, what we call Christian orthodoxy. I would not consider them to be um, brothers and sisters. But the whole idea that uh, there are people who think that Jesus didn't really need to be um, crucified, that there wasn't a need for um, the, the theological term is penal substitutionary atonement. So <clears throat> the idea that Jesus took the cost of our sin, um, there are people that doesn't, that don't think that that was necessary. And they think that it was more about, um, God needed his pound of flesh and it was just to, to satisfy his, his anger or, um, that it was more for a show or, you know, things like that. And, I think it's fitting here at the end of this uh, in verse 14, uh, 14 and 15. Um, it says, and as Moses lifted the serpent up in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. I think that's kind of a double meaning. I think he's talking about um, being exalted, but I also think he's talking about being lifted up physically on a cross. Um, because I think both of those are necessary for us to actually have salvation. Jesus had to die. There had to be bloodshed to atone for sin. That's the only way to get around it. But if Jesus died and didn't resurrect, then it's all for nothing. And so more than just be lifted up physically on the cross, he needed to be lifted up again in resurrection and ascend into heaven. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of, a I think, a double meeting there. But I love, I love whenever we see the Old Testament. The Old Testament points to Jesus or the New Testament, but Jesus going back and affirming the Old Testament, it gets uh, gets rid of some other teachers who have tried to make comments about we need to unhitch the Old Testament from the Bible. Um, <clears throat> Andy Stanley. But, uh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Anybody else have anything they want to throw out before I, before I make somebody else mad? No, 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 I'll go, I'll go. Bro, I, uh, okay, so first off, actually, in verse 11, where it says, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. But it, I like how it points it out, and it's like, bro, like, if you know him and you see him, you're going to testify of him. I, li I like a, uh, there's a quote by Chase, I think his name is Chase, now I'm questioning it. Uh, his last name's Coford. It's Lindy Coford's husband. Um, but he says, uh, a, a burning heart will not have to be convinced to go evangelize. And in the same way, if you've met Jesus, you're not going to have to be convinced to go and tell people about the one that you met. And and that's what that's saying. Um, and then also, okay, so I really love verse 14 when it talks about the bronze serpent um, Moses lifted up in the wilderness. So Moses lifted up this bronze serpent in the wilderness uh, so that the people would be healed. And all they had to do was look at the serpent. 
Yeah, and like Jesus, he's lifted up on the cross, and all we have to do is look at him and receive. Amen. <laughs> I love it. Okay, that's all I got. <laughs> I was just going to say, I like, like, I don't know if this is correct. It's not like sacrilegious. Uh, what's the word? Jersey. No. Terminology. But, um, like, sassy jesus when he comes out that's how i feel whenever he's talking to nicodemus because he just calls him out like are you the teacher of israel and yet you do not understand these things like he forms it in a question like he knows who he is and obviously but he's like you know what's and then where he says uh obviously if i've told you earthly things and you do not believe how can you believe if i tell you heavenly things and i just like that um so often, and I know I'm like focusing on like society today a lot, but it's just been on my heart heavy today um, of how people are so quick to accept grace, but not want to change with it. Um, I just, how Jesus is direct and like blunt, but I mean, he's still showing compassion, but he gets straight to the point. He's like, you know what I'm saying? And I like that we get to see that. And it's not always just the compassionate moments of like, you know, because People refer to Jesus like flipping tables, but that's the only instance they really most of the time refer to as like direct and blunt. And so just a reminder that like when he was addressing things, especially when people were struggling with um, going against their religion in order to accept and embrace him, he directly called it out and was confrontational about it. And, you know, and so in the same way, like we have the right to do the same thing, but in a loving manner like he did. But I think that's important because so often, especially in today's cancel culture, Christians can't say anything in any kind of way except like, oh, it's okay. You're doing fine. Jesus died for you. That's all you need to know. You know, you're righteous. It's just like, yes, Jesus did die. We are righteous, but we can't just push aside all of the other things. And that's, I don't know, that's just kind of what keeps speaking to me. I guess because it's so heavy. So everything else, I'm like tying back to it tonight. No, I see. Like, I know you're saying, I, I always say, like, I love the parts in the Bible where Jesus talks like that, where he's like low key kind of like exposing me, but like in a loving way, <laughs> you know, like, like almost like throwing a velvet brick at me. You know, it's a, it's a brick, so it hurts, but like, it's covered in velvet, so it's kind of soft, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, no, I, I completely, I, and that's, that just goes to show his character, too, like, like, he does it in a way where, like, he's not gonna lie to you, and he's not gonna beat around the bush, he's gonna tell you how it is, but it's in a, such a loving and, like, graceful, kind way to where, like, it turns you to him, you know? So, praise God. <laughs> Um, so now you said the thing about sassy Jesus. Um, it makes me think of Matthew nine, uh, six, or I guess before six, but I went and flipped to it when Jesus tells, uh, the paralytic, take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, this man is blaspheming, but Jesus knowing their thoughts said, why do you think evil? Why do you think evil in your hearts for which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or to say rise and walk but that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins 
And then he said to the paralytic, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and went home. Um, that's like, I mean, a mic drop moment. If there was ever a mic drop moment, responding to the thought that somebody had. Um, but <clears throat> I do, I get what you're saying. As far as, you know, people will sometimes fixate on Jesus going in and flipping tables and things like that. Um, and you kind of touched on this too. I think, I think people a lot of times will go to one or the other and they'll fixate on the one. I think a lot of our society has no focus whatsoever on the Jesus that flips tables, the Jesus that, um, I mean, talks back to Pharisees, um, you know, that calls them uh, whitewashed tombs. And, um, you know, I think that uh, most of our society is, well, Jesus is love. Jesus is just acceptance and, and just love and just good feelings and just say what everyone wants to hear. And that's not at all <laughs> what it was. Um, and we've talked about this before, especially when we've talked about some of the, uh, the pride stuff is, um, yes, Jesus is love, uh, God is love, but, uh, who was it? Um, Calvin Robinson, I did, uh, a reaction to a, uh, kind of a speech he gave where I think it was the Anglican church was looking at making same-sex marriage legal and he was coming out against that. And he said that, you know, it's been said multiple times today that uh, love is love and God is love. And he said, yes, God is love, but he gets to define the term, not us. Um, And so that whole idea um, that we have a very, for lack of a better term, jacked up idea of what love is. Um. You know, I've, I've been working on, we're going to do a series on biblical masculinity um, and kind of contrasting that. What? So not us. Yeah, not us. <laughs> um, I've got a couple other guys. Um, <clears throat> I've got uh, uh, Donovan Jones from Call to Act Podcast will be on it. Uh, Christian Ashley, who's been on an episode before, is going to be on it. Nate um, is going to be on it. Aubrey? Uh, talk to him. Um, and then my, uh, or our senior pastor and associate pastor here are going to be in on it too. It's going to be several different episodes, but kind of looking at in society, what is seen as, as manliness or manhood, and then contrasting that with what we have as biblical examples, but also just what's described in the Bible. Um, and so, you know, uh, so t- talking about the idea of love, we see uh, where uh, husbands are told to love their wives as Christ loved the church, um, even willing to lay down their lives for them. And so this is something uh, I think we've talked about before on the podcast, uh, in the social hour maybe, but that whole idea of <clears throat> love is, is very rarely a feeling. Um, yes, there's a feeling associated with it, but... <clears throat> It is, I would say, 95% of the time, it is action. It is actually doing what, what we're called to do in the Bible. Um, and so in prepping for this, 
I was listening to uh, Mike Winger. Um, I'll always name drop him, but uh, or throw him out there. Recommend him highly to anybody that is interested in any of these topics. He has a ton of content, but uh, he was talking about the idea of of being a, a biblical husband and what we have as examples of that and what it's supposed to be like. And he's, he was talking about, he was counseling somebody one time <clears throat> and this guy said, uh, I don't know, his wife wasn't, wasn't doing what she was supposed to do in the, like biblically, wasn't respecting him or something like that. And his response was, that doesn't matter. You're not called, you're, you're not told to act this way if your wife does what she's supposed to do. You're told to do this period. Just like Jesus laid his life down for everyone, whether they accept it or not, it's there. It's a, a free gift um, that love. So if there is, um, you know, I think part of that is, uh, and I'm going to try to touch on this. I'm not going to go too far because I'll end up going into more of what we're going to talk about in that episode. But the idea of uh, sacrifice, so let's say if Tiffany was doing something that maybe um, I didn't like, or I thought she wasn't fulfilling what she's supposed to as a wife, uh, not respecting me or, um, you know, whatever it may be, it's very easy. And I think um, in our flesh to automatically go to, okay, well, I'm not going to uphold my end of this, this contract that we entered into. Um but regardless of what she is doing, part of what I'm supposed to do is sacrifice. So if I think our house is comfortable temperature and she thinks it's too cold, the temperature goes up. If, uh, if I don't know, if there's only a little bit of ice cream left in the freezer and um, she wants it and I want it, then that's a sacrifice that I would make things. But I mean, literally like that, that extends even to the point of if, if there is a time where I have to choose between my life and hers, that it's my life. If I have to choose between um, me going through serious physical pain and her going through slightly minor physical pain that goes, I go through the pain. Um, there is not an instance where I put my, myself, my well-being, my wants, my desires, anything like that above her, um, the kids. And that's what love is. It's not a feeling. Yeah, I, went I will say real quick. Okay. okay, real quick, just saying. I was looking at him like that because he really loves ice cream. But to back him up, literally he lives this out like he doesn't just speak it like this is I mean obviously he's not perfect no one is but he lives out the sacrifice thing especially every single day like it's not even a question on any of that so um he is a very good one to speak on that if for those of you who do want to listen on biblical manhood I mean and he's not going to proclaim to be perfect but he very much does his very best to model Jesus's love to the church in his love to me. So just throwing that out. 